0: Nolan. What's up, guys? We are back for another episode of the Hang with the Neon Troubadours. I'm your host, Jake Badger, along with the one and only Corey. Hi, I'm Corey. What's up, buddy? How's it going, man? It's going. Still recovering from my food coma from uh, Thanksgiving, but uh, starting to get back into the motion here.
1: Yeah, me too. I had a not so busy Thanksgiving. Uh usually do like, I have like the family bush. You know, it's not the family tree. It's like a the edges. family
0: bush. Yeah. <laughs> right? So nothing like we eating end at up the family bush, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we end up going to uh, several, several places to eat. And uh, this year wasn't so bad. I was, I was pretty, I wasn't as busy as usual. It was just spread out over the weekend and it was fun. Got to watch the uh, UK L game. Oh, that was Oh amazing. you watched
0: that? I, I had no clue. I couldn't tell. I know, right. I know. I'm a hater. We can talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> Sweet, man. Well, I'm glad to uh to be let's see, what is our is this our fifth show? Number five. or fifth? Yep. Man, we're rolling right along. And tonight we have two guests that uh man, one of them I've known for god like freaking is it maybe ten years now, Brian? How
2: long has it been? I would say it's probably been at least ten years. Yeah, I'd have to do the math. Yeah.
0: Now I don't. I think I've crossed paths with Zach a couple times. Uh, I've definitely seen a bunch of stuff Zach's been doing on uh, social media with uh, with what we're going to talk about tonight. So we'll get into that. But Brian Eichenberg and Zach Pennington, thank you all for coming on tonight.
3: Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us, thanks guys. For having us, man. I think if if you've known Brian, <clears throat> if you've known Brian ten years, I think I've known Corey like seventeen. <laughs> or something. A long so time, baby. That might be that might be the time. record here.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot well, of deep rooted you know... uh a lot of deep rooted connections in the the old rock scene there. Yep.
2: And I, oh, I'm yeah. the least of oh, yeah. the least musician of the four of us. Like I'm not real like I sort of pretend to be one from time to time, but I'm not really but I have played on stage i have the weird distinction of having played on stage with each of you separately at some point <laughs> which is really strange because there's not very many rooms that i could walk in and be like everybody in this room i've played in a band formation with at some point in my life but the yeah, it's, yeah. It's four of you that's weird the three of you weird yeah man
1: you know it's very possible especially with me i think i've played with a lot a lot of people so i don't know we'll have to, like we'll getting... have to research that lineage
3: Getting all your ex-wives in one room.
1: <laughs> yeah, I sure, I I This is a, this
3: that. is actually a this is an intervention for Brian to stop <laughs> playing music. Yeah, this is like listen, <laughs> we, uh, three of the four people, people he's people played who, with. Yeah,
2: who ever played music with you want you to stop <laughs> playing music, right? Like he's talking about ex-wives, I so I have a podcast about rock history called Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories, and I'm researching this episode about the Allman Brothers. and Dwayne Allman was married like seven times, and you're reading about his different wives, and it's like, oh yeah, and that's number seven. I'm like, good God, can you imagine? And he wasn't, or Greg Allman, Greg Allman. <laughs> I was going to say Dwayne Allman died at like 24, so that would have been quick work. But Greg Allman was was alive for a long time. But he was he was married like I don't know, like maybe maybe more than seven times. But that's yeah. You get all the ex wives together; they've all got dirt on you. So like we're just oh, we're gonna keep it like fairly PG PG thirteen rated tonight, right, guys?
1: You know, I actually had an idea for an episode. I'm like, you know, I wonder if I should bring my ex wife and my wife and maybe the ex girlfriend <laughs> before my first wife on. It sounds at like once. a great idea. I'd, I mean, would it would, would, it would be if... entertaining at least? <laughs>
3: It'd be one of those about podcasts the- where uh, you have like 500 subscribers, but you have one video with 90 million views on it. And It's just right? that, <laughs> just that clip of them going We're off on watch you. Watch this
1: guy get roasted.
3: <laughs> like, hey, TikTok though, that one video, 90 million views. So, really right. riding it out.
1: Um. So, previously, and we'll get to this weekend, but um, recently. I've gotten to work with both of you guys. Zach uh, oh, yeah. got to do a few things with you, but uh, most recent was the Louisville loves new metal, which I will tell you was the most fun thing that I've done in a long time.
0: Oh, and when yeah. I tell
1: you that my bandmates had no idea what they were getting, they thought, I, I well, my assumption is is they thought that I was like this like middle-aged dude that just wanted to relive my, you know, my new metal days or something it took me a while to kind of break in with the Annapurna guys, but I, I love them dearly. And uh, I remember after the show, um, Matt looked at me and he was like, I did not expect that from you. <laughs> I said, well, you know, i had such a good time, man. It was such a, it was such a great, not I only was the back. show great, but like everything you guys did was incredible. And so I'd like to kind of start off with that so we can kind of get a taste of what we're going to be getting into this weekend. So give me a little, give me a little uh, bit on what you guys think about how the first new Louisville loves new metal went. I mean, I think we were pretty thrilled with it. I will say that at one point I looked at
2: Zach and said, Oh my God, Corey is so fun to watch. Like, I just want to watch <laughs> Corey all the time. Like I'm pretty sure those words came out of my mouth and it was really fun to get to to play in the finale with you. But uh, yeah, like, so it, it all started, uh, this whole idea of doing these shows came out of something. Like, so Jake and I know each other because I worked in radio for a long time, and Jake has been in every band uh, in the planet at some point. <laughs> we played in a band together at some point. Like, I just yeah. I think it's for music, right, Jake, that we know each other? Yeah. And he's, he's promoted shows, he's done benefits, like, so just all sorts of ways that we've run into each other. But I was promoting a lot of shows in radio and creating shows for local musicians. And I had created this series like more than a decade ago with the guys at Headliners who had become friends of mine, where we were basically filling December and January with shows that were local bands doing covers. And we were taking blankets for charity and calling it the Cover Up Concert Series. And they perpetuated that for a long time, even after I left radio. And they called me in 2018 and said, we now don't really have to do classic rock because that was with a classic rock station. And they were like, how can we do this in a different way so i got with zach and we came up with this crazy Louisville love zemo idea all that to say that after that was successful uh zach called me a couple years ago and said i think we can do it with new metal and at that point like new metal hadn't come back around yet like it had never really left but it hadn't come back (laughs) fully into vogue where like creed was announcing tours and you know what i mean like all and everybody's getting excited about everything and i was like dude i don't know and so we like played with the idea for a little bit and then we put it off. And then he called me ex- almost exactly a year ago. It was like the day before Thanksgiving of 22. And he said, have you seen sick new world? And I said, what's that? And he said, it's a music festival in Vegas. Like when we were young fest and it's all new metal bands. He goes, now is our time. And so I said, okay, I said, I'm, I'm sold. Let's do it. And, uh, and then we started planning to do what we ended up doing in August of 23, which was the Louisville loves new metal show.
0: I had serious FOMO because I was, we were playing somewhere and like Corey told me he was doing this and, um, I didn't really know what it was at first. He, he didn't really give too many details. And then once I started digging into it, I was like, what the hell? Why did I, why did I not weird. know about it, this?
2: I'll be, like I said, you played with everybody I know. <laughs> the fact that you've never been on one of our shows is a little strange to me. I like, love that.
0: I was like, "Wait, you're all playing Lip Biscuit without me? What the hell?" Like <laughs> <laughs> the
3: the funny thing about the funny thing about these shows in general, like the whole series of shows, is that there's kind of like there's like three audiences of musicians for it, right? So yeah. there's there's the people who've done it, get it, know it, love it, right? Like kind of the alumni, um, and then there there's kind of the people who like don't know what it is or like they don't get it or and some of those people not all of them but some of them are like ah this is like that's lame like why would i go play covers or you know whatever right like they just kind of like look down on it and then there's the people who like go but haven't done it yet and and exactly that they're like fuck i should have done this right like (laughs) it's like the only people who hate it have never been like i I, i'm fully convinced if you come to a show even i used to hate cover bands back in the day like i was in original bands my whole life and i was like ah, covers are so lame and then I saw the Velcro Pygmies at Phoenix Hill Tavern <laughs> Hell yeah. and it changed my tune. It changed <laughs> my tune. I was like, those guys fucking rip. I was like, yep. they're a good band. Like, I don't care. Even even if they're playing stuff I didn't like, like they were playing hits, like they're playing Bon Jovi and like all this you know, great music from, from kind of different eras and different genres. But even when they play like a shitty radio country song I didn't like, they ripped it so hard that it was like good. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I've only seen shitty cover bands up until this point.
1: Well, that's the thing about cover bands is like you're playing riffs and and, and uh, bass lines and drum fills and stuff that the pros are playing. And it's your job to mimic that the best you can. I mean, some of this stuff's hard, man. I mean, I'll tell you right yeah. now, I remember when I first um, got offered to do the Bootscoots thing and Jake sent me the set list and I was going through and kind of picking through some of the songs and there's a, it's a, is it Travis Tritt? No. Who is it? It's Travis Tritt, right? Trouble.
0: Yeah. Trouble. Yeah. Travis. Tritt.
1: Yeah. And in the, the line on that song just fucking rips the whole time and I'm going, Oh God, you know, and it really, <laughs> the cover stuff <laughs> is tough, man. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, it could be humbling. I guess I'll say that. And yeah, especially when that-
0: you're, you're doing, especially when you're doing like tool and, uh, some of the other stuff that they were doing during the uh, new metal show this year, I, when I saw some of the set list, I was like, damn boys. Yeah. We, Uh-oh. we did, uh, two
3: slipknot songs and not, not the band I was in. I was like, the other <laughs> bands can do slipknot. <laughs> like,
1: Yeah. I, I underestimated like, this. the slipknot. I underestimated it so hard. It was like one of those songs (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. I know that song, you know, let's go, let's go to practice and figure it out. And then I was like, oh, hold on a second. There's a little more to this than, uh, than I thought. But but yeah, the the one,
3: the one that's like that for me this year is I'm hopping in on an under oath song. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just play a second guitar. And then I went and looked at the guitar tabs, and there's nine guitar parts. I was like, it's a (laughs) two-guitar band. How are there nine guitar (laughs) parts? Uh, And I was like, well, you know, in the studio, you can record as many as you want. And luckily, luckily, the other guitarist uh, who will be playing that song with me, Pat, A, is a ripper himself, so he's doing most of the hard stuff. But B, he found a guy who did a two-guitar YouTube cover. And so he's like, you play the bottom one, I'll play the top one. And I was like, perfect. Like. Cause sitting, reading the tabs, I was like, wait, so did I play lead here or rhythm or like there's physically impossible to play these two parts simultaneously, just stuff like that. Um, and so luckily I'm still, I'm I'm still probably going to fumble my way through it, but yeah, it's very humbling (laughs) to be like, I don't think I can play a studio album that has nine guitar tracks by myself. Right. (laughs) I
2: I remember being a kid and learning to play guitar and you, I would go to the magazine rack at the grocery store and they would have guitar player magazine and you would look at what the included tabs were like pre-internet. So i sound like an old motherfucker. And there would be, <laughs> I remember picking up the one for brain stew, which is like power chords, right?
3: Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Dun, dun,
2: dun, dun, dun. It's that Chicago song, just like reimagined. And there's nine guitar parts in that. It like listed in that song for like, and it's all studio overdubs. And that's how I learned what studio overdubs were. And I was <laughs> like, Oh, that's how that works. But to your point about all this, about how hard some of these things are to recreate. I mean, one thing that's really different about our show that I, that, people sort of miss when they just hear about it is that you know in the five years i can't believe it's been almost five years since we created this our first emo show this you know emo nights now happen everywhere and there are some guy with a computer playing under earth songs really loud right and it's it's (laughs) and what we want to explain to people is that we are trying to get as close to recreating that feeling of being live at the concert venue and seeing these bands in their heyday, or when they were when they were a young younger band, and you were seeing them at Jillian's, or you were seeing them at Phoenix Hill, or something, you know, like we want to recreate that for you, and we're going to painstakingly do it, even if Corey has to learn all of the bass parts.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, man, I would learn awesome. all of those songs. I, w- you know what? To be honest with you, I remember playing the last song, and when it was over, I was like, oh, we got one more, and I was like, wait a second, we're like, it's over, it's over. Like, yeah, this is it it went all that work and I will tell you that next week, that next Thursday, which was practice day, I was kind of depressed. I was like, <laughs> I was like Dude, texting Lauren and Matt. And I was like, man, I miss you guys. Like it was like, I play joined basketball? A band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't done that with them, but I did go see him play uh, a few weeks ago in headliners, but um,
3: yeah. Well, but, and I, I saw that post that you made that you were out supporting them and like, not to be the corny, like, you know, the Steve jobs, like this is about changing the world or whatever. Like, (laughs) you know, this isn't, this isn't anything bigger than a concert series, but if it were, it's about the music community and most of the musicians that play with us, it's again, it's kind of an interesting mix. Like some of the people are actively in an original band that's in like an adjacent genre. And some of them have never been in a band in their entire life. Right. Especially a lot of the vocalists and, it's just like a way for people who kind of don't know each other and you know or are in fragmented parts of the scene to kind of get to know each other and then obviously for the audience to see like hey there's these real you, you like these songs bands still write songs like this and like <laughs> those, band, some of those bands live in this town right so it's a way for us to promote the music scene kind of internally amongst the musicians and obviously like externally to the uh, to the audience and So that's like the gushy kind of like even more so than like the charitable donation aspect which which we love and really we think is great but that's kind of like generic like anyone can donate money to charity it's like really hard to build a music scene and build like a community around it so i think that's probably the thing i'm more proud of that that we've we've managed to do is like some of these people join each other's bands like we have a there's a cover band in town called throwback thursday that does a lot of like pop punk, emo, new metal, that kind of stuff. And uh, their bass player, Charles, is one of our kind of mutual best friends, mine, Brian, and and his brother Joel, who's my drummer.
2: Badger knows, Badger knows Charles. Yeah, you, you probably. Yeah, had, we all yeah, play. Charles. Charles
0: played with me too at one point. Yeah, yeah he, I did, he did. He did. He
2: did, did he my spot in that band. I
0: think he did. He did yeah.
3: yeah. And and you know those guys were at our second show. Like, uh, Robin, Robin, Jake were uh, from Throwback Thursday, and Charles played a bunch of songs with us, and like. And then next thing we know, Charles is in that band, right? And it's like I don't want to like take credit for that because obviously like they started their band and Charles like earned the spot. But I think like our show is the reason that they're all together. And I just it's cool to like yeah, absolutely be a, be a small part of of kind of making the music scene like what it is and and kind of fostering those connections. I mean, everyone has to show up and do the work and be nice and be talented, but at least we get to kind of facilitate that a little bit. but, yeah, was, but there's um, also
2: a, oh, go ahead.
1: No, you're go ahead.
3: I was just
2: going to say, you know, the other aspect of it from the audience perspective is that, you know, musicians can get around and play with each other all the time and they can be really boring. Right. And so part of what my focus is, is to make sure that the show and the vibe of the show is is just magical for people. And so, you know, we sort of fell into this the first time we did it because of the way we did it, which is like a technical thing. But we just didn't really have formed bands. We just traded out musicians song by song. So it was like wild and chaotic. But what it created was this, like it felt like a like a college house party, and there was this camaraderie that came out of that that sort of helped grow that core group that started it um, into like, hey, we're going to get back together this year. And now it's the first week in December, like we just know the first week in December everybody's getting back together. It's like a reunion. It's like showing up at that bar after Thanksgiving and you know seeing all those people you went to high school with, and looking at how bad they look, like but the good person. <laughs>
0: So for somebody who hasn't been out to one of the shows, can you all kind of explain the format of, I guess, how you all put so many musicians on one stage together throughout the night and switch everything in and out?
3: Yeah, so Brian, Brian kind of alluded to this in his previous comment, but the first show was like at least 25 people, maybe 30, and we played 40 songs and we switched uh, musicians every every song or every other song, like it was... <laughs> um The one thing we did right and kept, you know, going forward was we didn't switch drummers. Like we switched drummers every like seven or eight songs, so it's like the drummer stayed kind of for their entire set. But when we did like a when we did a song draft, we were kind of asking people, "What do you want to play?" And then I just kind of quarterbacked, "Okay, I think you'd be good at that." I want to make sure I don't want to give one guy nineteen songs. We I kind of ended up doing that. Like me and Robert Frakes both <laughs> ended up with fifteen songs somehow. I don't know why, but um but yeah so it was a total total shit show uh and what we've slowly kind of arrived at over over the years of doing this like brian said this will be our fifth emo show sixth show because the new metal uh, was technically our fifth show is like a, a unit um is we do three bands band sets uh the bands don't have to be uh existing bands and so sometimes it's like an original band and it's all of their members are involved. Um, sometimes it's like three fourths of an original band that exists, and we just bring a hired gun in, so to speak, like a, a random person. That was kind of Corey was hopping in with the guys, the two guitarists from Annapurna. Uh, their drummer, and other guitarists ended up not being able to do it, and so we pulled a, a drummer in and a, and a bassist in, and they came together. Um, this year we have two two original bands, Requiem and Foxbat. Uh, Foxbat, I'm joining for the show, which I did last year, so I'm kind of like the unofficial. Yeah, yeah. Uh fifth member of Fox Bat for the show on rhythm guitar and kind of lead guitar. Um but yeah, and then sometimes it's a hodgepodge, like so Jared Hal, who's the who's the bassist of Light Treasons most recently, who's in my last band. Uh he's working with Jake uh Long, who Corey just played with at New Metal. Uh Duncan Cherry, who's been our DJ at all of our shows except for the New Metal show. He's
2: got a new uh, band called Just Plug. He's got a new band called Highway Eyes. That's a really fucking good. Like I can't yeah. wait to see those guys play
3: yeah they're playing the day before so go check them out at Magbar bar on friday <laughs> december 2nd uh december 1st sorry and then uh yeah and then pat who's uh i think in a band called count fleet with jake so like it's a real hodgepodge and then the the big thing is we try to focus on so we've gotten the bands a little bit tighter where they're not swapping members in and out every song like we were doing before but um we do like to swap vocalists out as much as every song um Sometimes a vocalist will sing two songs back to back or three songs back to back, and and most of them will sing several songs throughout the night. But we found that kind of two things come from that one is the the energy and performance quality you can give as a vocalist. I mean, I don't think any of us here would consider ourselves vocalists, but, um, you know, you can just give a better performance if you only have to sing one song right um oh yeah for sure it's it's hard to belt out thirty songs in a row. I mean, there's people who can do it Jesse can do it. I've you know I've seen I've seen a lot of our friends who can do it um Kevin Fletcher, who's part of the show could sing the entire show by himself without taking a break like there's people who are just animals but um but for the rest of us mere mortals uh you know i I, I did vocals actually Brian and I both did vocals at the new metal show and we did like I did the Fred Durst hip hop and he did the Mike Shinoda hip hop so it was like if we can just crush that one song, it's awesome. Like if you had me oh, sing yeah. the other 29 songs, it would not be a good time for anyone else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So we're able to go find these people. and And now what we're really getting down to is this art of like finding people who can really either do something unique with it or are like very specifically able to nail it and so because the vocal quality we just figured out after a couple of shows like i sort of quit singing for the most part after a couple shows because it's like not that good and there's somebody who can like really hit that you know justin pierre vocal for motion city soundtrack a little better than i can like let's let them do it so that it really carries it over because you know we're demanding that out of our musicians and so it's been a cool way though because there's a lot of people who are like closet singers right like they just they don't get to go out they don't have a band but they can they can just yeah. fail, And so we've we've got a stable of those people who show up who may not perform any other night of the year, but get to show up and do two or three songs on stage with us. And it's it's a blast.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah.
3: And then we also the, the last little format thing is we we do have a DJ uh set that opens and kind of also does some of the transitions. So Duncan's done that. He also started the emo nights in Louisville a long time ago. So uh he, he's even more old school and uh ahead of the curve than we were. Uh, but he does a DJ kind of emo night and has for a long time. And then uh, we also do acoustic sets. So we will do anywhere from two to three acoustic sets between the bands. And that's a way to kind of do two things. One, it's, it's, it's a cool break, right? Like if you're doing a changeover between bands, there's usually some sort of break and um, why not do a sing along? And then of course, emo in particular, it, it worked really well at new metal as well, but there's so many songs that are just The entire song is a sing-along right like every every part is catchy every part is a group sing and so we try to pick those songs out and work with artists who feel comfortable kind of carrying an entire room full of people by themselves uh so it's a nice break because we we also tend to we tend to be a little bit heavier than your typical cover bands like a lot of cover bands will do kind of the poppier side of covers i think there's a band here in austin called y'all out boy and they're really good and they're really Uh, popular but they like do like one or two heavy songs their whole set and like they just started screaming in some of those songs it was always kind of a disappointment for me because I know people (laughs) in Louisville who are just world-class screamers right like Clay (laughs) Neville like Kevin Fletcher and like my buddy Chad Churchman right so it's like you know it, it that's such a big part of that scene but it's also like there is the kind of soft dashboard confessional like Avril Lavigne kind of you know like side of the the music and we want to make sure that that doesn't get completely overrun by just the breakdowns that we all love. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's a good way to get the spectrum and also just get more people involved. Uh, we, we get way too many people involved like that. If, if we have any fault as a cover band, like, the cover band model works if it's five people financially. And I'm like, let's have thirty-five people. Who cares? Yeah.
2: Our <laughs> cast is so we started taking a cast picture and it's typically like thirty to thirty-five people. When you when you count everybody involved in the show, we'll throw photographers and, and stage managers and stuff in because we have, you know, one thing, we try to make it run really smoothly for the musicians involved. And so that involves having people like me and our and our silent partner Monica, who doesn't do podcasts but does most of the work <laughs> and planning stuff nowadays. Uh, we, we have those people that are back sort of calling the shot and making sure that this for the musician because the other thing we want for musicians like you Corey is like we want it to feel like awesome like you know we don't want it to feel like you're in a in a dive bar or you know we want you to feel like a rock star and so we want that to be not just what we're able to deliver in crowd and not just what we're able to deliver on production but just the whole process so that it's easy for you that you can show up and that you can just be a rock star because that's all we want you to do that night
1: well you know part of that what you just said um In all the years that I've played, I think I've maybe had four or five shows that I've had a tech making sure my guitars were in tune and bringing (laughs) me stuff. And I will say one of my favorite parts about it was the professionalism of the the whole thing. Like I didn't know what to expect, and and I don't like to consider myself a hater. I was never really a hater about what you guys were doing. I just didn't know that it really had a I just didn't know enough about it, right? And and I I get really bad about uh, getting caught up in my own little world, and I forget about all the great people that I've met and all the cool stuff they do. And then so uh, experiencing it, and for any musician that's listening to this that that wants to do it, when the sign-up sheet comes out, you you should most definitely give it a shot. It is so much fun. Um, You're treated well. There is – there's a pre-show meeting and photograph, which I hate to admit that I missed <laughs> because I was running behind. Um, but thankfully Zach uh, Photoshopped me in <laughs> the picture <laughs> at least. <laughs> so I was like, I gotta be in the picture. I mean, I'm like, look, hold on a second. Let's see if I, I still have the, hell yeah. I stole some flyers because I got to put one up in my little, you know, I got a little wall of, of, of fame I'm trying to make. Sure, and, yeah. uh, but, <laughs> If you would have told me when I first, you know, uh, when we first got the band put together for that, that I was going to walk away from it going, this is like one of the coolest things I ever did, I would have told you you were full of shit. You know, like I play cover yeah. music now, I don't do a lot of the originals. And like, so yeah. I kind of went at it like this is like a cover show, and I got to learn the songs and figure out what key everyone wants to play them in and all that pain in the ass stuff. And then go play it, and that's you know that's it. I didn't expect for there to be what was it, like five forty or something like that, or five yeah, thirty.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was over five hundred. Well, and and to your to your point and kind of Brian's point, like you know the the first the first time we did it, you know I, I've been in like I said I've been in original bands my whole life. I played maybe one cover set prior to the the emo show, and that was like on a whim. Um, and so you know, I knew, I knew what it felt like to play in front of a big crowd and people kind of lose their minds. But even then it's like the biggest, the bigger, the crowds we played in front of the less they knew our music. Cause our band never got that big. Right. <laughs> and so like when you play a song that everyone knows and there's five, six, 700 people screaming it back at you, like <laughs> that's, that's why we do this. I mean, that's the feeling, oh, yeah. right?
0: Like there's nothing like that.
3: Yeah. And, and you know, Some of you guys who have been in these kind of cover bands, especially if you or if you've even played with bigger acts, like you've been like a fill in, you know, touring drummer or whatever for a bigger act, like, you know what that feels like. And it's awesome. And unfortunately, a lot of original musicians don't get that feeling, right? Like we're used to playing in front of tens of people who know our music. And, you know, if we're lucky, there's 200 people at a show and that's a big show. And and so it's it's really about, like you said, half of the shows for the audience and half of the shows for the performers. And we come at it from the angle of like, you know, both, right? Like it's like, they're just the, it's like a business, like the customers and the shareholders to me are just as important. Like there, there's not a hierarchy there. Um, sometimes, sometimes if we have to tie break, we, we go with the audience, right? Like there's, there's a lot of times where the bands are like, Oh, can we play this really obscure thing? No one cares about. And you have to be like, well, no, because like, here's right. Like, (laughs) at the end of the day they technically did pay money to be here and you're getting paid money to be here so like at some point if we have to break a tie we do but but other than that we try to keep that experience and one thing i say in my little kind of backstage speech you mentioned or whatever it's become like a tradition is i'm like i don't know how to say this and not sound arrogant but the show is going to ruin your life (laughs) and it's and it's going to ruin your life because you're going to be chasing this high for months you're going to be depressed next week like you're, you're gonna you're gonna feel entitled to being on the show next year like you're like there's so many things because it's just you know like brian said, all those brian things said are very earlier, true it's like emo christmas we call it you know a lot of people call it emo <laughs> christmas because it's just like I, i'm waiting for it to come back and, yeah. and 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 again it's like as the emo shows and nights and stuff have kind of become more and more ubiquitous we always have to ask ourselves how, how are we different like you know cuz it is starting to get a little more saturated and we worry about that right like there's 3 emo nights within 3 weeks of this one and we're like why would you come to this over the other 3 right and again i think it's like we take care of the fans we take care of the participants we try our best to do the songs right we try to come up with new ways to engage with the audience and we do all this at like a super low price point like i saw um someone made a comment the other day where they're like wouldn't it be cool if when we were young fest like toured around the country and it was only $20 and it was called Warp Tour, (laughs) you know? And and I was like, yeah, I was like, or hear me out (laughs) for 20, (laughs) less than 20 bucks. You could just go see Louisville loves emo. (laughs) Right. So I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a labor of love, but, um, but yeah, we, we just, we, we want, we want people to have that experience and. Uh, the other thing I want to plug real quick is Corey mentioned this. We we do take open applications every year for our shows. Uh, we typically open them up around like three-ish months before the show starts. We should probably do them sooner than that, but uh, that's just the cadence we've been on. And Corey was someone who applied by himself, not with a group. And a group applied, and I accepted them, and then they were like, oh, actually – we're not going to be able to do it as a full group do you know any bass players and Corey was one of the two people who i randomly like went through the sheet and was like oh yeah i know cory i know he can do it like i know his pedigree i've seen you know and so he was a guy who got plugged in kind of you wouldn't have gotten in if you hadn't applied by yourself if that makes sense yeah. um so even though it's stronger to apply as a band like we do take quote-unquote random people and insert them into the show and you you more than delivered i mean brian and i both are like if cory applies next year like he's a band leader like i don't care who else <laughs> plays in his band like, like you brought it power. you brought gear you just crushed it you brought the energy like you, you brought the professionalism that we look for and i was like yeah Corey, Corey's a shoe-in if he wants to do this next year and I'll, I'll let him build his own band around it because you did such a great job you just don't let me pick oh, the yeah. set list. I learned
1: a. I learned a
2: lesson. Oh no, we
3: we still have an no, iron no, fist no, no, over no. the you set just
2: list. Listen, Dude, <laughs> this, is a, like... this is a point of contention for everybody who's ever been involved in any of these shows. And then when they do the show and they feel what happens on stage when everybody yells the lyrics back at them, they quit arguing. But it's. I mean, I, I remember being in a conversation. I think you were even there in the green room at one point where somebody was like, I, "You know, I I always want to complain about the sets, but." Brian's taught me over time that this, there, there is a method to this madness. We just have learned that if it's not, and we've learned by messing it up on songs we wanted to play. I mean, the famous story is Zach and I picked a song we wanted to play really me. And in the second iteration of little loves emo. And it, I went back and watched the video two days ago and I was like, embarrassed for myself at how everyone was tuned <laughs> out. Like Everyone was just like, what is this song? And so we have just learned that there's a play count madness that there's a calculation. There's some math and I don't love math. There's a little bit of math you do looking at YouTube. Looking I love at math. So. There's a lot of math. <laughs> and there's spreadsheets. There's all those evil things that we do. And it's like, you know, we want to balance, right? Like, again, we want it to be for the musicians. We want it to be by the musicians. We want it to be please an audience. And all those things, that's a unique chemistry. And so, like, Zach as an entrepreneur. Me as a guy who worked in media for a long time. Like, we bring this weird chemistry of all those things together and try to mix it up. And, uh, and hopefully what comes out on the other end is an experience that's great for everybody.
1: I mean it? This all in all, I mean I know we're 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 focused on the on this weekend's Louisville loves emo, but just getting to live the Louisville loves new metal thing. I mean, anyone that's listening that heard the first part of this and went, "Oh, oh well, this is just a cover." It's it's not that. It's so much more special than that. Um, and that goes for the musicians too. Like I said, I walked away from it. I mean, I played to a sold out headliners, you know, and, and almost sold out a couple times and that Louisville's loves new metal show was up in my top three in that room. And that's, that's hard. I played some good ones in there and to look down and see my, my wife and her friend singing, uh, uh it's rage back at me like you know my wife's like a bona fide <laughs> That's a feed on
0: itself right, right? there. Jesse Dale like, singing rock music say, we
1: need Jesse Dale on the show next year. Let's oh, she needs that. she needs to sing for sure. We, we need need well... to have. So, uh I almost reached out to you guys to see about doing the Love Loves Emo and I was thinking cuz she she loves Paramore and, and that type of stuff, you know. She she sings the hell out of it too. And uh so I told myself with, with our schedule right now, it was kind of tough. Um, just kind of looking at December a few months ago and next year, I'm definitely going to try to get her wrapped up in something, you know, it would be, it would be a good yeah, we, time, but I'm,
3: we, I'm we'd love to have her year. in and we have um, one thing that we've tried to do more and more every year is get more, uh, more women and, and femme people involved in the show. Right. Cause bands tend to skew to be just a bunch of white dudes. And we're like trying to, <laughs> counteract that a little bit um so yeah so she, she she would be a great person to apply and then other musicians that you guys know and i just it's funny to me that um the the best part of the show is when your wife looked at you and screamed fuck you i won't do what you told me and i was like i feel like that's such a, a normal like normal, it's yeah. it hits different when 600 other people are doing
0: it though right like it's just hell yeah <laughs> so earlier you guys talked about A charity aspect to it. So, um, so are the shows, do do y'all donate a certain portion of charity for these shows or do they all go, do y'all split it between everybody doing all the musicians that come out or what is, what's the, uh, mold with that? Yeah. So
3: the, the first show we, the whole, the whole kind of Genesis was, it was part of a charity series. So you could get in for free if you brought a blanket and they basically donate those to homeless shelters, uh, was kind of the whole or was it towels? No, it was towels, not blankets. Sorry. Um, and so that was like one of the most requested items and, you know, one of the things that they had least. So a lot of people brought towels. They got in for free and that was kind of the genesis. And so uh, subsequent shows, we wanted to keep that going. So we weren't, we were no longer affiliated with that specific series, but we liked that mm-hmm. there was a charitable giving component to it. Yeah. And so we've done some variation of like a dollar per ticket or a, a, a dollar uh, per charity per ticket or a dollar each each show it kind of just depends the, the big thing that we're trying to avoid is losing money on the shows because the thing i mentioned is if we were a five-person cover band we would be cleaning up uh financially <laughs> because uh because we're selling oh, a lot yeah. of tickets right and you know and, and we're, we're doing pretty good numbers but when you start factoring in all the wild production stuff i want to do and the fact that i want to pay everyone involved in the show because let's be honest like musicians are are underpaid and undervalued by society financially and. A lot of the people who play the show, like an extra hundred bucks is is like a lot, right? Like it's not, it's not nothing. And and I want to respect the amount of time that we all put into it and stuff like that. And so it kind of just depends. Like we donate roughly a dollar per ticket. Like this, this time around we're we're giving ourselves a little bit of flexibility because we're going to do our first show in Covington. We've never done one outside of Louisville or even outside of Mm -hmm. headliners. Um, And we want to make sure that that show also does well and that we don't basically like take all the money that we made from louisville and like lose it in covington so we're gonna kind of <laughs> see how everything shakes out on ticket sales but regardless we've we've already donated like three thousand dollars in five years or something insane maybe four awesome. um which is quite a bit yeah i mean it's it's more than probably most like any well, local cover considering show, there's like a 35
2: there's a staff of 35 <laughs> people putting on the show yeah it's like it's pretty incredible that we're able to to, to do that at all
1: absolutely you know, i think um if you ever decided to take the new metal um, show anywhere else, I would, I would absolutely love to, to help in any way I could. But I think it's a great idea. And that that's starting to branch that out. I can tell you Louisville is a great town, but you all, yep. all know how the people of our wonderful city can be sometimes when it comes to <laughs> getting out and supporting the local entertainment. And there are towns that are the exact opposite. And it, it, go play one. Austin is like that, man. Well, it used to be, I haven't played there in a long time, but I can tell you that like I played there before and it's been incredible. And you're going, these people don't even know who we are. They're just here, just having a good time, listening to music. And so I think it's great, man. You guys, the whole thing is, is, is super awesome. You both do a very good job um, at supporting the artists and, and thinking about the people in the crowd. Um, I mean, Kudos to both of you guys, big time. And I, I'm just with that. the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I'm well, like, I I, I, I'm it.
3: glad you, I'm glad you said that too, because I've been telling the the gang. So there's Brian and myself, but there's also Monica, Joel, and Jared who also help behind the scenes. And um, I've been telling them, I'm like, you know, I'm a little worried that emo is getting saturated. And and while I still think we're like the best emo show around. Um, if we were to expand, I'd almost rather expand the new metal show because it's not saturated yet. And I think that there's a, a market for it. And, you know, we talked about spreadsheets and song counts and play counts and all that stuff earlier. One thing that's kind of wild about that is we, we typically do the, the Spotify, um, plays of the songs just as like a gauge kind of like to hedge against our emotional connection and be like, Oh, this is the best song ever written. <laughs> then you go look it up and it has 200,000 plays. You're like, okay, well I like it. You know, that's um, smart though. Yeah. And uh, when we were doing the new metal songs, like the shittiest, like least known new metal songs had like 100 million plays and like the third best emo <laughs> song had like 200 million plays. Like so it's that genre is like objectively bigger, even if emo is kind of like hotter and more nostalgic right now or like was for the last several years. Like, you know, Linkin Park yeah. never left the radio like they've I've been on rock worked. radio oh, yeah. for twenty twenty 20 years straight. So they, their songs have billion plus plays. Whereas, you know, the biggest My Chemical Romance song has like half a billion plays, right? So it's just a very different, um, different market. So yeah, I've, I've definitely thought about it, Corey. So I might hit you yeah. up after this podcast when, we, when we're <laughs> thinking about how do we do Austin loves emo and some of the other, uh, the other, or not, sorry, loves new metal. Some of the other markets, because uh, I think we've got a show that people want to see and you're right. Like Louisville is great. It's my hometown. Um, you know, I love it. I go back all the time, but. I'm definitely itching to do some stuff down here in Austin. Uh, and the most obvious thing I could think of is bring one of those two sh- two shows and, you know, bring some of the people I know I can rely on and recruit some new folks down here that I don't know yet as well. And, and kind of do make the magic happen. So we'll take some new
0: pain. metal is such a, uh, it's such a good drawn genre because, well, like right now I feel like rock has kind of died on the radio. You don't, Like, I know in Louisville, you don't have the Fox anymore pushing, you know, some of the, like the Pearl Jam, the Slipknot and and stuff like that, like you used to. So people are craving it. And I personally, like that's, that was my heyday. Like when I I grew up in that, that time period. Yeah. So to see that coming, coming back to life, that, that ignites a new fire in me. Hell, Was that an effinescence
3: pun? Did you... (laughs)
0: The, the, is that it just so deeply ingrained be. in your blood that you just <laughs> you're like it just bring me back to life, man? Bring me back to life. <laughs> uh but yeah, it, I put up a post um a few months ago and I was like, Hear me out. Two hours of nothing but nickelback and creed, who's in? And like I had like such a huge response from it. people were like, Let's fucking go, let's do it. And um uh, and and then not too long after that, um we started seeing uh the uh, the promo stuff about you guys doing the new metal stuff and i was like fuck yes i was like this is what we need we need new metal coming back it's coming yeah. back baby. it's coming back
2: for sure
3: yeah and it's, it's it's already back so now brian and i have been talking about what's what's next right what, like if yeah. i can predict i predicted both of these trends a little bit you know, like a little bit ahead of the curve on both of them and so it's like what's the next one. And, uh, I'm really, I'm, I joke about Louisville love ska. I still think there's something there, but I'm mostly joking, <laughs> but I love, I love ska to be clear. Like that's not, I just don't know if enough other people do, but, uh, the one I'm really sold on at the moment is like Louisville loves. The ladies is kind of the working title, but, um, <laughs> it's just like all the power femme, like ballad rock, just kind of yeah. Alanis Morissette, like spice girls, just literally like four decades of divas and badass rocker chicks and like everything. It was Avril Lavigne, obviously like some crossover with the other shows you could do Evanescence. You could do, you know, and just focus on like all, all the songs that we all love, not, you know, not just women, but, uh, but that are typically female fronted bands and, and artists and stuff. I think that would just crush. I think we'd have to move the show to the Yum! Center. That's my <laughs> that's, that's my yeah. ambition. That nice. <laughs> my ambition is to sell out yeah. and have to move to the <laughs> so Yum! We, Center. We defi- <laughs> what I'm
2: saying is we definitely need Jesse Dale for that. So please yeah. Oh, yeah. mark yeah, for that on your sure. calendar. But so- yeah, late nineties, late nineties, early two thousands stuff is where I think is where we'd focus it. But then you could go back and grab Pat Benatar and Joan Jett and, you know, sort of fill throw it a
3: in. random Taylor Swift, yeah. like pop, like new Taylor Swift song in there and people just lose <laughs> their minds. But, and I'm sure yeah. there are yeah.
1: plenty of singers, uh female singers out there in the, in town. There's so many, I can name you 10 so, right now that would yep. crush that. We oh, have, yeah, we for have sure. under, underappreciated the amount of female vocal talent, that is in Louisville, like, Oh, so much. I mean, go to Nashville and you you watch the Broadway bands. There's some great singers, but to have so many condensed in one place from one place, it's
3: wild. Um, yeah, I've always thought. Well, and about, to Brian, and to Brian's that. point earlier, like I think the the crazier thing, and you'll see it at this this show in particular. Like, I'd say four of the singers who are playing have like never sang with a band that are doing the show like really? they're, they're kind of like they're like karaoke killers and and i and yeah. i know i own a karaoke bar plug for the, for that for nori bar <laughs> um but the the thing that that gives me the privilege of is knowing who's good at sing, like right like having seen a lot of these people most mostly women too like having seen them crush it and i'm like you should play at my show and one of them i'm gonna call her out shay she she works at our bar she is one of our best customers. She's one of the best singers I've ever heard or seen in my life. And I've asked, I've begged her to do the show for three years running. And this is the first time she's doing it where she's like, all right, fine. <laughs> and I, and, and not in like a, she doesn't want to do it. Way I think it's like a nerves, like whatever thing, right? Oh, like she's yeah. just never done it before. And I'm like, dude, I've seen you slay a hundred people's faces at Nor'e bar, like singing the hardest, like way harder shit than what I'm asking you to do. She's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just different. And I'm like, all right, well, just trust me. Like, I know you'll kill it. I know the audience will love you. I've heard you sing this exact song. Like, it's not even like, I'm not picking some random shit you've never heard, you know? So, uh, and, and that's just, and to your point, like, think about all the people who like, ad- admit publicly that they're like singers now think about all the people who don't. Right. And, and so there's just such a, a, a vast amount of talent that's like untapped. And I, I like to bring that out in these shows. I mean, you know, for every Kevin Fletcher that we have, who's Or Clay Nevels, who's like sang in 20 bands and has played a thousand shows, you know, a year their whole life or whatever. Like, I want to still pull that one person out. Like we had our good friend Abby sing with us last year. That was her first time singing live with the band in front of people. And it's like, you know, it's just such a cool experience that some of us take for I think probably all four of us would take for granted a little bit having had it um and to give that to someone else you you feel a little bit like santa claus like we're like hey want to have the coolest experience i've ever had for your first experience it's like right uh, we're
1: gonna ruin your your musical performance you know
3: yeah i was like don't go join a band after this it's not going to be a good experience
1: (laughs) there's all these people that are gonna come to the show they're all gonna be there
3: 500 of them
1: like, no, yeah, they're like, oh, there's a lot less people
3: way. at this show than last time. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. <laughs>
1: you know, I had um, this, uh, I've had a couple like cover band esque sort of ideas. I've talked about this one before, but just hear me out for a second. So you do nothing but rage covers. Well, maybe not nothing but rage covers, but a lot of rage covers, but you do them in reggae style and you call it reggae against the machine. Huh? I, I feel I'm like that's you. a thing. Is that not a thing already? That
2: That's <laughs> a great not. idea. That's almost as good as the band that I tried to start in Arkansas years ago. That was going to be nothing but Tom Petty and Johnny Cash covers, and it was going to be Petty Cash. That was just going to be the. That's good. That's good.
1: (laughs) Be a lot of uh, financial financial people out there. We 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 get
2: sponsored by U.S. Bank. It'd be great.
3: Right.
1: A
2: lot of guys. I feel like reggae against.
3: I feel like reggae against the machine would work because the thing that a lot of people who casually listen to reggae don't realize is like the lyrical content of those songs is essentially rage against the machine. Like, Oh yeah, absolutely. just because it sounds like the background it's of a Corona.
0: Music. Yeah. Music. yeah. Just because it sounds
3: like a Corona commercial doesn't mean they're not like kill the police or whatever, you know, like the whole yeah. time, like it's just like smoke a joint and talk about, you know, fucking yeah. burning yeah. down and the do, system do around you. you.
2: <laughs> Anything about Bob Marley, or is he just a poster on your college dorm room? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Well, you, know you, saw, much... you saw all the people who have uh, tried to cancel Rage Against the Machine recently for being too political, right? Like, that's the... <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's like, what What did you think they were... Ra- like, the, the fax machine? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't you, know why serious? they became so political. Oh, yeah. That was like a... That was a whole thing of people... Yeah. People got mad that they were playing their songs at rallies, and then the band was like, "We don't support any of these politicians." And they're like, "Wait, oh did you guys become God. so political?" Like, just no <laughs> sense of irony. Like at one all. of the most political bands <laughs> of all I know, time. Right?
0: I
1: know
3: it's it's uh, yeah. I so reggae against the machine. I'm I'm there. I'm at least in the audience. If not, yeah. If well, I was sitting around one day,
1: way. and I was like, I was listening to "Bulls on Parade," and it was like. After the da na da da it kicks into that verse. I was like, wait, you could scat the hell out of a guitar right here. <laughs> and I was thinking, in the lyrics, it would just, it would be, it would kill. And then it kicks back into the heavy parts. You kick back into the heavy parts. You just do both. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever been to Jamaica um, or seen like a real reggae band, but they have the most obnoxiously long uh, feedback set on their delay. So they'll hit a chord and it like just drifts out for thirty seconds, you know. I'm just thinking this would work perfect with rages machine songs. To bring this to bring this entirely
2: back to new metal and and the and tied together Jamaica. When I went to Jamaica several times back in the day, and I remember like probably ten years after My Immortal by Evanescence was a hit in America. I was in Jamaica and every single shuttle bus I would get on, they would be banging some reggae version of that song. And let me just tell you, it's way better as a reggae song. It's way better as a it reggae is. song. And I like can't find oh, it. That. I've looked on the internet to try to find it. I can't find a good version of it, but yeah, it's amazing.
3: Yeah. So someone I like imagining that it was a live song. radio performance of someone just doing that in studio and you're like, can't find the recording. You're yeah, just listening well. to
1: it live. If someone awesome. uh, comes up with the uh, the reggae against the machine cover band, I'm coming for you. Or you better invite me to play. <laughs> oh, in yeah, it, one go. of the two. <laughs> okay,
3: yeah. We've got proof we, here. We
2: have committed it to uh to to the atmosphere. Uh, yeah. Is this is copy.
3: Idea. This is copyright, right? If we said it on <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. It's copyright. Um, what one thing I wanted to plug uh, while we were on the topic. So we are going to do new metal again next year. Um we might move it up a little bit in the year. We might do more of a, an early summer than a late summer thing. We kind of screwed up doing them this close together and we didn't get like a day off between these two shows. Cause they take three months to put on for some reason. Uh, well, I know why it's cause we, we do all the stuff we said earlier, but for some reason we thought three months in one day was enough time to like uh, <laughs> 15 weeks or whatever. But, um, and then the other thing, so apply to that anyone who's listening and thinks that they want to be involved. Um, you know, obviously we can only take a certain percentage of people who apply, but it's good to know who's out there and who's interested. But the other thing is I mentioned briefly, this is the first year we're going to do Louisville loves emo, not in Louisville. So we're doing it in Covington, Kentucky, which is, you know, obviously South of Cincinnati for those who don't know. Uh, and we're going to do it at Madison live. So it's about half the size of headliners. Um, it's a cool but- spot but we want to pack it out and so we want to eventually try to move it if it goes well we want to move it to the theater which is way way bigger than headliners um but you know anyone who's kind of in the northern kentucky Cincy area or knows people that way uh come to our louisville show saturday this saturday december 2nd but uh saturday january 13th is when we're doing that so about five weeks out um it's going to be a great show it's going to be it's going to be mostly identical, but there'll be some additional singers from Cincinnati. And we're also having different acoustic acts, totally different acoustic acts, uh, including a guy from Cincy and 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 a lady from Austin. And I finally get my something
2: corporate song. I'm just going to say it. Spoiler yeah. alert.
3: Spoiler alert. Five, we, we've...
2: five shows I've been trying to get a damn something corporate song and I finally get one. I don't get to yeah. sing it. I don't get to perform <laughs> it, but I get to watch it. And that's all I can
3: Yeah. And, and it's so, it's funny that he said it that way because like people will come to me and I was kind of like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Zach's the main guy. And they're like, Zach, I want to do this. And I'm like, let me, let me go ask the the other. And they're like, what, what do you mean? Like ask the others I was like, well, yeah, like. I'm not just gonna come in and be like, we have to play something corporate. Like, I wanna make sure that like we all agree on it and you know, like we get to make our case. And his brother, Joel, who I mentioned, he like his main role is basically to talk us like out of stuff. To, he he's kind of like the hater in the group, uh, in a good way. <laughs> so we'll be like, Oh, we should do that. And he's like, No, that's dumb. No one's gonna like it. It's gonna suck. And we're like, Yeah, he's kind of right. <laughs> he's been doing that for me my whole life. So,
2: yeah. you know, it's I was like, well, you know, we really need you in this room too. Right? Why don't you yeah. just bring me down in here as well?
1: Can I hire him to to walk me through my life? <laughs> I need someone like that at my side all the is, time. He,
2: no, he don't do Chris that. That's going
1: to be real daughter. stupid.
2: <laughs> you just you just text him. Hey, I'm thinking about buying this for my wife for our anniversary. Terrible no. idea, Corey. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's like you have an angel and a devil on your shoulders, and you just have your your thoughts and his thoughts. and that's how you make decisions um but yeah no we we like you know there's a a pretty big democracy here i mean we 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 tend to be a little less democratic with the set list outward although even then bands are like hey man the song's not working like could we is there any way we could swap it with something else and we're usually pretty open to that if the something else is a good good decision but but yeah i just wanted to plug that because uh it's gonna be awesome um we are we are nervous because we've never done it there and so we hope you know, we know we're going to put on a good show. We just hope we can get a good crowd. Is really what we're we're looking for up there. But uh, please, please tell all your friends up to Northern Kentucky come to both shows if you're if you're feeling froggy. They're far enough apart to where it will feel like a fresh show. Like it'll be six weeks apart. And and the other thing you said, Corey, that that kind of part of why we wanted to do this is we spend three months planning the show and then we play for three hours. And you're like. Man, sure wish we could play for six hours.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And oh, then we're like, sure. why don't we just do the same show somewhere like every other band on earth? Like <laughs> you spend spend all this time building up and then it's like, and we're done, you know. So this is a way for us to kind of milk milk the effort a little bit uh, that we all put into it and kind of get more juice out of the lemon. I don't know what metaphor I'm using here. This
0: don't drink this <laughs> R-O-I milky. Is
3: ROI <laughs> <is> milky <laughs> lemonade. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. You all it, could it, sell this. Y'all could sell this experience like you could just hit Indy, St. Louis, Nashville. I mean, y- y'all create such a, a unique thing and people want to relive, you know, th- those songs in that moment. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, as long, as long as you're all getting the word out, people, all they have to do is get in the door and the first time and then it's just going to blow up in any city that you guys take this to.
3: Yeah, I definitely, I'm definitely interested in taking the new metal thing on the road. Uh, we've been talking about it, and if only I knew like a drummer and bassist who had like experience playing covers every night and could just like hmm. learn a bunch of songs. If, <laughs> if only. Where do you
2: find those? Is there like a might, podcast we should listen to to find them? I
3: might, right. I might know a couple of guys.
0: <laughs> Look, I'll
3: go buy a shitty if, church
0: if van and a
1: trailer right now. Like, let's <laughs> let's fucking go. that—that <laughs> like, that was my prime. I tell people, I tell all these young people that I work with and stuff, they're, they're like whining and crying about Lord knows what. And I'm going, you've got no idea what it's like to sleep on the floor of a trailer in the Florida heat surrounded by guitar <laughs> yeah. cabinets and stinky men. Like, yeah. Oh man. And you know what? I would go give anything in the world to go live it all over again. Yep. Every single second yes. of it, every good, bad, everything. I would do it all exactly. over again. And that was the closest, Hell Yeah. um, so there was a couple bands that I've played with since in the clear that like I've done a gig with and walked off stage and kind of felt that, what like you, you said earlier, it's like that high, you know, and, and, oh, yeah. and you're hundred percent right that that Louisville loves new metal show definitely gave that high. Actually Matt and Lauren were trying to explain to me, they're like, man, you're never going to play in front of this many people at headliners, dude. It's going to make you feel like y'all, you'll be living it for days. And, uh, and he was right. And, There's been just a few instances in my life since, um, since my time with In the Clear was over, you know that whole genre, and that I felt that, and uh, luckily for me, it's been a couple more times recently, just with the boots, coots, and playing, you know, in front of a few thousand people and really ripping up and having a good time. But there was something real about chasing that. And there's something real to people like, uh, like Kevin Fletcher, you know, God's been on it's, it's done the warp tour to try to relive those moments, not really, really relive them, but to put that energy and effort into something, into a performance. And we, we've all done it so many times and not received the feedback with the same energy that we put into it. So when you finally get that feedback, it's special. And it's, I got goosebumps right now. Like, it yeah. means <laughs> i don't know i was put on this earth for that i don't i can't yeah. uh, you know i can't
3: relight that fire oh yeah i, I think i think that's the perfect way to put it is like wh- one one of the most heartbreaking things so my like eccentric billionaire phase of life that will one day eventually come because money will inflate and everyone will be a billionaire but um <laughs> the thing i've always wanted to do is the only reason i've ever wanted to be financially successful is so i could help all my artist friends like do what they do and not have to worry about money. Right. Because I've tried to do it for a living and it fucking sucked. Like you make a dollar, you spend five bucks and you just do it as an original band, right? You just do it in an infinite loop until your credit score is trash and your,
0: you know, your student <laughs> loans are
3: maxed out and all this stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, that's the other piece is like, you know, there are, there are people just in our music scene. I I, I keep mentioning Clay and Kevin in particular because they're just, to the best dudes I know, and to the most talented people I know, and it's like they deserve, in my opinion, to be playing arenas and stadiums and touring with the biggest bands on earth because they're as good as anyone I've ever seen. Right, like they're, you know, they're up there with the the Slipknots of the world and and kind of the Lincoln Parks of the world. I think talent wise, right now they've never had the hit song that got them to that level. Right. And that's, as we all know, that's not necessarily just a talent game. That's a luck game and a money game. And there's a lot of other, a lot of other timing, right. is a big thing. My, my bands are always bad. Ironically, I'm good at timing cover shows. I was horrible at timing original music because we missed the emo wave twice. (laughs) We were like "Ah," after it and before it with my last two bands. But anyway, I digress. But, you know, I just want to give people or like all my buddies in Artifacts Preo, like six of the most talented people I know individually all ended up in one band together. And it's like the fact that those people aren't multimillionaires from playing music is like so heartbreaking to me because if anyone should be, it's those six dudes. Right. And so I've always just wanted to, you know, that's that's my goal. Like, I'm okay at music. Like, let's be honest, like I'm like a very average, like I'm good at a lot of stuff, but I'm like average at all of it. And but the thing I'm not. I'm slightly above average at is like organizing people and marketing and like getting ideas together and kind of, kind of putting that stuff together. So that's like really what I want to contribute to this whole thing is like, I want a platform for people who are talented and have put in the work to reap that benefit. Even if that benefit is one night of everyone losing their fucking mind, everything you do, right? Like (laughs) even if it's just people screaming along and doing, you know, doing the back and forth vocals, whatever it is, right. That, that feeling that we're always, we're all chasing, I want to give it to people who've been crushing it on karaoke stages their whole life and have never done it. I want to give it to people who've slept in vans, right? Like I just want us all to like get what we deserve. And this is as close as I can get us with the resources that I have now. Right. If I had a lot more resources, I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to make a stage at louder than life. And I'll just put all my friends pants on it. Like That would be be my, like, if I actually had money and power, but you know, I'm working my way up there, uh, one cover show at a time. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, well, you yeah, guys have done a great it.
0: job and go ahead, Corey. go ahead, Jake. Oh, you go. I was just going to say, you guys oh, have gentlemen. done a great job with that. And, and I'm excited to uh, hopefully make it out to one of these shows soon.
3: Yeah. Saturday. Um,
0: not, not yeah, hopefully. You, it's, <laughs> it's four and a half days from
3: now or something.
0: <laughs> <Come> on, <Jakey. laughs> I'm going to have to coordinate with you guys. Like, all right, I need to block off this part of my calendar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you'll be Either the first to know dinner.
3: next time we get a date. We play in Barberville, Kentucky on Saturday.
0: BFE Kentucky Saturday. Yeah.
3: Oh man. Well, Cincinnati, (laughs) one thirteen, Covington. I think I can make that one. So. I think I can too. Put that in the calendar. There'll be there'll be a caravan of people going up. A lot of us will be spending the night, so we can party afterwards. So. Oh yeah. Drop your kids off at the YMCA or whatever you people with kids (laughs) do, and just come on up to the. Come on up to the Louisville Loves Emo Covington. They won't take mine.
1: They're like, Oh, you got 15 (laughs) of them. Like, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Um, you know, you said something earlier, one over our limit, right? You said something about the artifacts (laughs) guys earlier. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I I go through this like phase sometimes where I look back and I get real nostalgic, you know, and I I look back at the kind of person that I was at that time. Sometimes I'm kind of disappointed with how, how, especially with those guys, when they formed Artifacts, I was on the, I was rolling out of the original music. I mean, I, it was, I wasn't I was done, but I had started the decline, and I couldn't let go of it. You know, you get in a band, and you, you just put so much into it, and you try and try and try. And then here comes your little brothers, right? Because that's what they were to us. They were our little brothers. We were. I remember I brought all the In The Clear guys to Phoenix Hill one time, uh, Because I, before I joined in the clear, we played a couple of shows with Kenzie um, and we yep. watched Corey Eves play the drums. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and So I was telling them a monster guys, I'm like, you got to come watch this band with me. And they're so good. And uh, wait so we all went and watched them downstairs in the saloon. And I remember like Jamie was playing out of some like solid state Marshall playing a this white checker, you know, like they just yep. you could tell there's really green, but they had everything. There was everything right was happening there. And it just wasn't their time then. And then of course they went through the singer stuff and then you had Sabrosa. And then we all kind of came together and formed this like trio, you know, where we played nothing, but in town shows together, we were like a team. Yeah. And then yep. when, when in the clear was over and artifacts was really starting to like, hit it hard. And I remember going, ah, uh, it's okay. You know, I was such a shit for that. I'll never forgive myself for that moment <laughs> because I, I'll never forget sitting there with Clay at his house. He's like showing it to me and he's like amped for those guys. And the best I could muster up was, nah, it's okay. Like, what a fucking dick. You know, like, <laughs> and, and so, you know, over time, I started to realize that just my path in life, it was just different and that, instead of being upset that i'm not doing what they're doing i should be supporting what they're doing and at that moment yeah. i think i bought the last three records multiple times know, like you know i just kind of felt you know <laughs> to make one up time for they it. didn't have a yeah they didn't they didn't have a truck to pull or the 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 van broke down and uh they were just down the road they were playing keswick and they didn't have anybody yeah. to get their trailer there. So I was like the first one to volunteer. Like I'll I'll go. I went and got their trailer from Indianapolis one time too. You know, just yeah. just because like I just never forget that moment and and I'm I'm so glad to watch those guys that they've been a part of watching them grow up and see them in the studio and seeing them in these different variations of bands to watching them on what's that uh what's that live show that they did? Something tree Audio Tree. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, audio tree, so
3: yeah. good. I I watch that performance like at least twice a year, and. Every time I mention it to them, they're like, oh, it was so bad. It's so cringy. I'm like, (laughs) fuck you, first of all, because that was like, I was like, every time I watch it, I just like, I'm like in tears at how good it is. And they're like, "Ah, we sucked. And I was like, all right, well, to your standards, sure. But like to my standards, you guys are fucking legends.
0: So like. Oh, yeah, for sure.
3: No, I'm I'm with you. They're amazing. And I mean, mean, you know, spoiler, Lucas, Lucas Lucas will be at the show this this week. So.
0: Hell yeah! Oh yeah! He'll be singing. He
3: got he
1: got to do a couple songs with us uh, for the new metal. And the first time we've gotten to work together, we had actually talked about doing some covers together at some point. He wanted to make some extra scratch, and I just wanted to play with him because he's awesome. And uh, it was just really man, just seeing him work like right there in front of me. It was just it was awesome. But yeah, I love those guys. I'm so happy to. Well, I don't know. Well, be careful what I say, but I did see some videos of uh eugene and jordan uh rehearsing some of the material so hopefully that means good things for the future yeah
3: F- fingers crossed fingers crossed. Ooh. yeah Ooh. i've been i've been uh I'll, I'll, I'll i'm not gonna spoil anything but i'm gonna shit talk them for two seconds i've been trying to get those guys to play louisville loves emo since the day we we decided we were gonna do it <laughs> i like every every show i'm like hey guys today's today's the day like you guys are reuniting and you're playing Louisville Azima and they're like yeah yeah for sure for sure maybe 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 actually no no and I'm like ah like every it's like this foot brown uh Charlie Brown football moment for me like and Jordan's played the show um Lucas has played the show but I haven't I haven't been able to get Evan or Jeremiah or Corey or uh Eugene to do it but uh I've, I've been begging them begging them to do it so uh you know, f- fingers crossed that they'll they'll play something, whether it's with us or without us, uh, sooner than later. Because yeah, we all love those guys. So.
0: They're all so damn good. And I don't know if you guys know this. So Jordan, um, I know Brian knows the old band that I was in, Wildwood. Jordan yep. recorded all the stuff, yep. and Jeremiah played all the keys on it. I do. Know so that. there's always there's always some kind of tie-in from the old rock scene from back in the day. So even even though some of us have moved on and went to the country yeah. aspect of things like there's never, you know, it's always like one degree of the old rock scene. So well, it's cool to see everybody still doing it.
3: This is the full circle thing. And maybe this is a great place to wrap the, the show as well. But uh, so Jordan and I used to own a recording studio together where we, we like split the gear and the rent, everything. And ever since then we've just, he's recorded all my band stuff. So it's, it's Louisville, right? Like we're all cousins or whatever. And yeah. he sent me some stuff. He's like, check out this band. What do you think? Cause I'm still I'm not nearly as deep in it as he is, but I'm still like an audio nerd and a production nerd and stuff. And I was like, oh, like the mix sounds great. I might tweak this, you know, just giving him feedback on it. Uh, and it was Wildwood stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, That's this awesome. is great. Like these guys are in Louisville. Like it's great <laughs> to hear you doing something other than metal and rock. And yeah. and then flash forward, I'm on a plane to somewhere and I'm listening to a podcast and it's um it's the guys who it's the guy who produced thrice's the artist in the ambulance the original one and he's just being interviewed about that whole process and like what it meant to those guys and thrice is my favorite band for uh anyone who knows me knows that but (laughs) uh, most people here probably don't know me but um so i'm listening to this and i'm just getting like inspired by it and i as soon as i have wi-fi and can like land or whatever i text jordan and i was like i want to produce an album with you like co-produce it like you you'll still engineer and mix and do all that stuff but i want to like do the arranging the songwriting and just like whatever and i was like and i want to produce someone else in a different genre and i really want to produce this guy scott t smith who's in louisville uh he played louisville loves emo with us he's like an amazing folk singer and solo artist sometimes he has a band sometimes he does by himself and I was like, I think it would just be great. And we could really do him a lot of justice because he's he's one of those people, too, that like if I had if I had a bunch of extra money lying around, I would just buy him onto every festival on on Earth that, that, <laughs> would, that would take him because he's just that good. And um, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, I know the perfect people to uh, to be his rhythm section for that album. He's like the guys from Wildwood, uh, their bass and drummer are just like so solid. <laughs> and I'm like, Hell yeah. it's fucking Corey and Jake like. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, I, I know some guys that will do. I'm like, so and it's just sort of like full circle. And I was like, yes, my my manifesting 2024 is I'm going to produce a Scott T. Smith album with Jordan and you guys are going to play on it. So like, that's Hell just, yeah. that's Please. so Louisville um, because yeah. Yeah, it, man.
0: I love that. That's awesome. So definitely let's do that next year. I'm definitely. Let's do now. it. Well, Scott <laughs> is the
3: one person we have to convince. I mean, it's his, it's his album. Like well, what <laughs> I just yeah, want to, this- I just want to do it.
1: What you guys have done Probably. and are doing currently for the music scene um, again, I think it's incredible. Um, I commend you both because I know it takes incredible amount of work um, I don't think I've gone one episode without m- mentioning Mr. Clay Cook. I learned a lot from uh, I learned a lot from him especially anyone who can create ideas but it takes a special person to create a good idea and then put it into play and to, and to see it through and willing to go through the tough stuff, willing to go through the mistakes, dealing with other people. Um, so you guys are both doing a great job. Louisville loves emo this Saturday at Headliners. Um, I highly recommend that you go. And if you play an instrument, I highly recommend that you keep a lookout on the Louisville loves emo page on Facebook and Instagram. Correct. Is it, are they on, are on both, right? Yep. Um, and keep an eye out. Uh, I'm sure that you can message the the pages too, uh, for updates on auditions or or not auditions, but applications, um, and get involved. But man, thank you guys very much for, for coming on. Um, it's been great having you good catching up. I always like to, yeah, to see you Zach. Uh, yeah, yeah. super fun. Great to hang with both of you. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to yeah, add? We'll, we'll want to let the the people know?
3: Brian's got the voice for radio here, so I'll let him do our <laughs> sign off.
1: I got to cut a
2: radio ad for Louisville Love's new metal, which was really fun. I hadn't done that in like five or six years. And, and, and I was like, hey, Zach, should we hire somebody from the radio station? He's like, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> of all our limited resources, you're not going to voice that commercial. But yeah, come out and see us as happens. Uh, you know, like, and that's what I do, right? Like, I don't really sing anymore on these shows. I just show up and yell from the stage and get people excited because I'm so excited to be there. It's really just me, just you know, spewing enthusiasm. Uh, and so, come join us 8 p.m. on a Saturday night at uh, Headliners Music Hall, my favorite venue in, in Louisville kentucky probably my favorite venue in kentucky and yeah. uh, uh they've just been so good to us and uh it's a great place uh for for the local scene and for the national and touring acts to come through but come see us there saturday 8 p.m it's a love's emo it's our fifth rendition a cast of between 20 and 30 folks uh from in and around the region and the scene uh doing your favorite songs by bands like fallout boy and my chemical romance and paramore just to name a few um, and there's going to be some live band karaoke. There's going to be some just chaos and giveaways. We have some great <laughs> sponsors, uh, um, so come out and see us. And uh, we can't wait to see it. 16 bucks if you buy your tickets in advance. 18 at the door, and it's all ages. So bring the kids. You can bring all your all, kids, Corey.
3: Yep, all ages, baby. <laughs> all of the kids. Half the, crowd. the I, I know. I know we've wrapped up, but I seeing people. In the mosh pit during new metal and the number of kids that were there just like losing their shit to break stuff like <laughs> that was me when i was 11 years old Hell and that yeah. came out or like well, i guess faith came out when i was like 11. me and my friends i was telling this on another podcast around like moshing in my friend's bedroom just three people in a 10 by 10 room moshing to faith by limp biscuit like oh, no sense awesome. of irony that it was a george michael song we're 11 how would we know uh,
1: like, right <laughs>
3: <laughs> and just be like, yeah, just like the fucking scratch solo where it's like DJ lethal, just going nuts on the turntable. And we're just like bumping into the, the Lego sets and stuff and knocking everything over. Like, and then seeing those kids that were that age at our show, you know, three months ago, having that same experience yeah, was awesome. I was like, this is like, awesome. this is what it's all Hell about.
0: Yeah. So Hell awesome, yeah. man. Well, Brian Eichenberger, Zach Pennington, thank you all for so thank you all so much for coming on. Uh, appreciate everybody listening to The Hang. And closing out our fifth show, be sure to stream us. Uh, we got, like I said, five shows on now. Uh, we had the last one with Jesse Vest that hit our, what was our peak, Corey? It was like, we have to like, it's 300 listeners or something now. Th- uh, well, yeah.
1: 300 plays, 200 listeners. So, you know. We so we're
0: getting there. So uh, getting some feed out from under us. So we appreciate it. If 100% of your in. listeners
3: come to our show, it will sell the show out. hell Hell yeah there there you go go. (laughs) because we'll we'll have we'll have almost like we'll be like one maybe uh, we'll see we might sell this out we're always so close we're always like 20 tickets away from selling out that's why i I like need that extra 20 people (laughs) from this podcast if you mention hell the yeah. podcast inside, we'll do something for you. I don't know, Brian. You figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm there. Monica. Monica, if you're listening, you have I'll to see, give Monica these, figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> these twenty people, something special that we don't already currently have planned for. So,
1: well, keep us, uh, hell yeah. Keep us in the loop on the on the of Love, new metal Tour. Yeah, hell yeah, 2024,
3: hell yeah. Salt Lake yeah. City. Definitely have to. Mexico definitely City. Definitely have to get you
0: back on for that one.
3: The Trouba Tour. Very <laughs> good. All right, fellas. That's what we're calling admit, it unofficially. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. All
1: right. Thank you.